Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, as we continue our series, Love Does. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Welcome to Celebration Generosity. I'm Dave Ferguson. This is my brother, John, and we're the founding pastors here at Community Christian Church. Today marks the ninth year in a row that we've taken one weekend across all of our community locations and devoted completely to generosity outside the walls of our church. Every week, we take up an offering that furthers the Jesus mission here at Community. But today is the beginning of a brand new fiscal year. So as a bold statement of faith, we're going to take up an offering and give it completely away to the four teams of Celebration Generosity. And what we're doing today is something that no single campus of community could ever do on its own. Every last cent that is collected this weekend will be given away. That's world-changing stuff, and that is a family win. Well, we're in the middle of a great series, Love Does. And every week, we've been discovering the many things that, well, love does. Love speaks. It's not silent. It expresses itself in meaningful words. Love serves. It's not passive. It springs into action. And today, we get to see firsthand how love gives. Love is generous. Before we go any further, we want to give you a glimpse of how Celebration Generosity is giving hope to children in unthinkable circumstances through our partnership with Philippine Frontline Ministries. We also want to share a story with you from our Restore community team. This team is committed to bringing hope to under-resourced neighborhoods and our own backyards through ministries and nonprofits like Community 412 and Gateway to Learning. Take a look and see what happens when love does. My name is Jeffrey Pacina, and I'm with the Philippine Frontline Ministries. We are now seven campuses. This year we were able to open a brand new campus where uh, people are celebrating and, and uh, connecting with God every week now. We've also started this year a, a, a small enterprise called Threadworks. We are now employing people that formerly were digging through the garbage, going in, uh, living around dump sites, and providing dignified jobs for them and skills that are marketable. Hi, I'm Mike Erickson, and I'm the Managing Director of Face the Children. Face the Children is a center for kids who have been victimized by abuse, abandonment, or dangerous neglect, also those kids who live on or very near the streets. One thing I'm really excited about is Frontline Christian Academy, because 30 of our kids in Face the Children go to Frontline Christian Academy, mix in with another 100 kids from the community. We're really excited this year because we're going to be developing our new land and our brand new school facilities, which will help us to make a greater impact to the families in our local community. One of the cool things about the relationship we have and enjoy with Community Christian Church uh, is the visiting teams that come out. And I've seen lives of young and old impacted and changed by what they see in the Philippines. One such person is Martin Rowan, and I'd like to share his story with you. Hi, my name is Martin Roan and my wife uh, Hayla, my eldest daughter Kayla, youngest Megan, have been attending Community Christian Church now for 15 years. So our first trip to the Philippines um, was fairly new to all of us. Uh, there was a particular lady who was part of the congregation that uh, after the typhoon had hit, had literally wiped out her house. Her husband had passed two years prior, who was the breadwinner of the house. So she had nothing other than the house and her two kids. So she moved her kids to some family almost 15 miles away. But she went back because she did not want to lose that property. It was just heartbreaking. And I think when you start seeing stories like that, you can see the massive change in yourself and in my kids. My kids um, in particular came back 
significantly changed. As a dad and two daughters, that first trip was profound and profound enough for us to decide to go back the next year. And in this time, my wife went with us. We were going to do a ministry at the hospitals and speak to the people that just don't have enough money to pay for the medication of the day. But with the poverty comes also a lack of education. Uh, and it's a, it's a cycle of, you know, the poverty just feeds more poverty. The lack of education just feeds more lack of education. And what Frontline does is they break that cycle. So they take the kids in and they start investing in them, not only spiritually, but also academically. And they start creating a sense of, of real relationship with God in those particular communities. And slowly but surely we see that cycle breaking. So the first year was obviously fairly new to all of us. The second year we started getting into the groove, but it was new to my wife. The third year I was asked to lead the program and really felt led to do that by God in particular. One of the areas that we went into was an area called Divisoria, which is one of the marketplaces in Manila. But the people that work there tend to then also just stay there on the, on the street, sleep there at night. And to overcome the hunger pangs, to overcome the cold, they sniff glue. So we get there really early before they wake up. We're out feeding them, you know, we're kind of waking them up and trying to talk, them, talk to them, love on them a little bit. One girl kind of walked up to me at some point and just held my hand while I was standing talking to somebody. And, and I bent down to look at her and talk to her face to face. And I just got this strong smell of glue immediately. And I realized that she wasn't holding my hand because she needed comfort, she needed balance. She, she couldn't stand up straight. And she started telling us her story. And just a year ago, she was going to school every day. But her mother passed away and her dad works on the docks. They've got no way of having food for breakfast, lunch, or even dinner sometimes. And can't go to school without some kind of a lunchbox or some form of food. So she just stopped going to school. A lunchbox? That's what's stopping me from going to school or a kid to go to school and say, how do, I, how do I break that cycle? And so when we realize that what Frontline's doing and what we're doing when we go, you're actually trying to impart God's love in these kids. And I've seen not only myself, I've seen my family, I've seen the people that I've led this year, see them grow from kind of seeing Christianity as something that I, I do on Sundays to something where not only being baptized, but coming out the other side saying, this is something I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm Kirsten Strand, the leader of the Restore Community team. And unfortunately, we know we don't have to travel around the world to see the pain and brokenness caused by poverty and injustice. We can find it right here in Chicagoland. And that's the focus of the Restore Community team. We work to restore God's dream for our communities by breaking down barriers of race and culture and class and helping to ensure that all people have access to opportunities that allow them to succeed and thrive. And we know that programs and projects are absolutely essential. And your generosity last year allowed us to tutor and mentor hundreds of kids. We sponsored five gift marts that raised almost $19,000 for our partner schools. And we served meals to over 1,000 people. We're going to continue all of our tutoring and mentoring and gift mart programs through Community 412 in East Aurora and Joliet. And we're also going to add a new focus on early childhood education, as well as a justice film series that's going to help educate our own congregation about poverty and justice issues locally and globally. And with our partner, Gateway to Learning in Chicago, we hope to repair their leaking roof, upgrade some of their technology, and restore their courtyard. As wonderful as all of these programs are, I've learned from personal experience that it isn't programs that change people, it's people that change people. 
When we get to know refugees or immigrants or people with special needs or children in foster care, we stop thinking about issues and start to think about real people with names and faces. And there's no better example of that than my friend Morgan, who I'd like you to hear from now. Hi, my name is Morgan Berry, and I've been attending Community Aurora for about five years. I've lived in East Aurora my entire life, 25 years, um, in the same house. Growing up, it was pretty bad. I attended private school from preschool all the way up through high school. Um, most of my friends lived uh, Naperville, Warrenville, um, different cities outside of Aurora. Um, none of them would have even really think to go to Aurora, especially um, East Aurora, knowing that it had such a bad reputation. So once I joined community, I wasn't immediately involved. Um, I was still just kind of getting a feel for community as a whole. And then I found out about this um, program at Brady and Bopri School, which is literally about, it's walking distance from my house. Saturday Stars is a community 412 program that offers um, tutoring assistance to third grade students that are reading below grade level. Um, we have a reading time, we have a um, writing assignment that we do with them, and then we also have some free time where we get to kind of get to know the kids a little better. Originally, I kind of saw it as like a, a way to like save kids. Like, I thought that these kids needed, like, I was just gonna go in there and like, all gung-ho and kind of uh, like change lives immediately. But the more that I've spent time with these kids, the more that I realize that they don't, they don't really need someone to save them, but it's really about loving them because love is what compels change in any, any situation. I think the thing that stirs me the most um, about serving with Community 412 is that we're really just trying to show love, show the love of Christ, and um, show them what community means, show them what a family is. I've had friends who grew up in um, similar environments whose lives went a completely different direction. And one of the things that I've heard more than once is, you know, if I had someone who mentored me, someone who just loved me, maybe my life would have been different. And I think that's what Community 412 really strives to do, is to, is to give them that option, to show them what love is. Because if you've never experienced it, how can your life go a different direction if you've only had one option your entire life? So I think we just strive to show, to show love and show them that there is a different way, just simply through loving them. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it? And I'll tell you what, I, 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 I love Morgan's story there, and I know Morgan. Um, uh, part of it, because Morgan's story is untypical of a lot of our stories. We kind of, we, we jump into this thing saying, hey, I want to change other people's lives, and what happens? Our life ends up being changed, right? Our life ends up being changed. We can tell story after story when it comes to the Restore team, the second team. Um, I was thinking of somebody, I don't know if it's in this service or not, but Shannon Wentz. Shannon, Shannon's a young lady in the church who volunteered for the World Relief uh, Preschool Program, just volunteered. And within no time, she ended up, she was running the whole thing, and now she's recruited all kinds of people from community, and basically community now, and their volunteers from community, you people, are actually running the preschool program over there in that neighborhood, which is awesome. And here's why it's so important, because right now there are about 4,500 kids, okay? About 4,500 kids who want and need access to a preschool, but they don't have, they can't afford it, they don't have access to one. And so they're going without, and so they're starting from day one from almost, almost behind, from very day one. And so we're beginning to expand some of the educational opportunities that we're involved in in, in communities like Joliet and East Aurora to things like uh, Saturday Stars tutoring, uh, Kids Hope mentoring, 
And even things like, like our chess club and our, our domino club. We had, we had 125 kids sign up for chess club and domino club. And they just need volunteers to come and say, yeah, I'll teach you chess, I'll play chess, I'll teach you dominoes, I'll play dominoes with you. Again, it's you being involved. Um, in addition to that, our Restorer team, we're having our Justice Film Series to kind of to educate you to enroll more people in these kind of causes. We'd love for you to participate in those. But then, of course, one of the hallmarks of our Restorer team is our Gift Mart. Uh, we've been doing the Gift Mart for several years now, and we have uh, five of these Gift Marts that are in 10 different schools in communities of Aurora, Naperville, and also in, in Joliet. Um, since we've done these, uh, you people have donated almost 100,000, but 93 thousand toys since we've done that. And uh, that's awesome. Yes. And candidly, if you do, the, uh, it's kind of fascinating because you, when you think, talk about the $4 million over eight years, actually you've given almost a million dollars in toys. Think about that, a million dollars in toys. And the parents have been able to buy them with dignity over there so they can give them to their kids with dignity. And, and those parents that have invested $160,000 in local schools so they can buy computers or maybe athletic equipment or music equipment that they otherwise couldn't afford. And that's happening because of you through this Restore initiative. Is that awesome or what? Yes. So those are the first two teams that you could hear from, the Frontline Philippines team and also our Restore team. We have two more teams. And what we're doing is continue to kind of tell you, here's what's happened in the past and here's where we're gonna go in the future. Here's the next two teams. I'm Jim Melton, and I'm the leader of the Compassion Team for Celebration Generosity. Because of your participation last year, we've been able to plant a new church in Nicaragua, which means that essentially over 150 children have the chance to enter the Compassion Program, but also with our partners in Haiti, we're making a difference. We've been able to plant two classrooms at one of our churches, which means that 66 children who were not in the program previously are now part of Compassion. In the past year, we were able to plant the church in Nicaragua, and this church was planted in Manaqua, the major city of Nicaragua. So while there's poverty there, the level of poverty is not as extreme as other areas. Because this first pilot has been so successful, now we can go into areas even more rural and reach out to areas where there's even greater amounts of poverty. To go to places where there was never a church before and plant a church there and bring another 200 children into the program. So that at the end of this year, we'll have served over 1,000 children and given them a chance to escape a life of poverty. One of our leaders, John Ross, was able to take a trip with us to Nicaragua. And using his skills as a filmmaker, he was able to document the whole experience. Here's his story. Hi, my name is John Ross, and my family and I have been coming to Community Christian Church now for two and a half years. My wife was um, interested in being a part of the Compassion Team, and so she was meeting with Jim Melton. While we were sitting there talking to Jim, um, Jim found out that I was a filmmaker. And he's been wanting to kind of capture what was going on, especially with this uh, new um, trip to Nicaragua. I had never left the country before. I had never experienced anything like that. And so it was just like a foregone conclusion in my mind that I, I, would, I would do it and I would want to be a part of that project. They had a 20-year-old pastor. He had apprenticed with his pastor. And this was his first leap in starting a church. And what was interesting about it was that the church wasn't a building. It was just like a, a canopy of, of like leaves and stuff and it was a, a dirt floor. And this is what they call church. What really inspired me was that, that in the midst of all of this lack, there was joy somewhere that was there, which was phenomenal. I mean, they, they loved us, they were friendly. And even though there was a language barrier there, somehow, some way, we were able to connect with each other non-verbally, which was kind of weird to be able to experience something like that. But 
that really inspired me to know that, you know, if we can just do a little bit more to meet their needs, how much further they can come along than what they are right now. That's why I really love Celebration Generosity because it shows what generosity does. And I got a chance to experience that firsthand going down to Nicaragua, where the money goes, how it helps the community. And to, to see the smiles of the faces of the people that are down there, um, because we decide to be generous with our money. And we, we decided to be generous with what God has given us. It was a phenomenal experience. It, cha- it literally changed my life to do that. And to say that, hey, I played a part in that. That's a beautiful experience. And I want everybody to enjoy that experience. My name is Patrick O'Connell. I'm the director of New Thing. Thanks to Celebration Generosity, we've been able to hire our first ever global residency champion, Her name is Kathleen Rodich. She lives in Dubai. Here's more from Kathleen. Thank you, Patrick. My name is Kathleen Rodich, coming to you all the way from Dubai. I am so excited about the Global Residency Program and the new thing. The Global Residency Program is a church planter training uh, for those global church planters who are passionate about planting in the gateway cities of the world. Right now, we have our very first cohort in Nairobi and they'll be going to Chicago at the end of the year. And it's just an opportunity for them to see a church in different contexts. They're trained by those who have gone ahead of them. They're excited by what the Lord is doing. I want to thank you for your generosity. Thank you because it's your giving that has made this possible. In training people, men and women, to go across the world, helping people find their way back to God. Thanks, Kathleen. You know, I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing this year. Thanks to Celebration Generosity, we've been able to start some cool trainings for church leaders. The first we call Leading a Reproducing Network. We've had 22 churches go through this training in the last two years, and they have plans to plant 740 brand new reproducing churches. And another thing that I'm really excited about is what we call Catalyst Communities. This is where we go to cities like Indianapolis and Atlanta. We bring leaders together and we help them start new reproducing churches. Your generosity inspires leaders all over the world to step up and plant reproducing churches. One of those leaders is Dave Dummett. He's the lead pastor of 242 Community Church in Brighton, Michigan. Yeah, my name's Dave Dummett, and I'm the lead pastor at 242 Community Church. At the church I was at before we launched 242, I was in charge of what they were calling a, a church within a church. And it was uh, basically me running a church for young adults. Investigating uh, what that church within a church was going to become led us to investigate multi-site and uh, to look across the country at who was doing multi-site. And that's when I got introduced to Dave and John Ferguson and Community Christian Church. Really, New Thing was birthed before I got there, but we were one of uh, one of the first three churches in New Thing. And, you know, in the beginning, it was just friends that uh, would meet together and say, hey, how can we encourage each other to plant churches? And how can we work together to plant churches? Uh, we've seen New Thing go from those three, four churches uh, to over 1,100 churches worldwide. And uh, to be a part of that is just, it's just amazing. I remember the night before our church launched, there were only 35 people on our launch team, and by church planner standards, that, that wasn't so good. But I remember on that opening day, just being backstage, and then when the band was finished, I remember hearing the sound of chairs clanking because they were putting out new chairs. And I thought, well, that's gotta be a good sign. 
And it turns out when we, when we walked out on stage, there were over 500 people that had showed up that day. I think the growth of our church uh, su has surprised just about everybody. We've been on the top 100 fastest growing churches the last four years in a row. We had close to 7,000 people last weekend. That's after 11 years. I, I don't think anybody imagined that would happen coming from Brighton, Michigan. You know, I think it's exciting to be a part of a big church. Uh, I think that uh, the resources and the opportunities and the momentum of that is really exciting. Uh, but that's not why we do it. We do it because of people like Leroy, who's 96 years old, and he just lost his wife. Uh, just stumbled into our church on a Sunday morning. And uh, he came back again and again and again. He's a World War II veteran, hero, became a greeter and would stand at his post as a greeter like he was on his Navy ship, you know, hands behind his head. He had his Navy hat on. That guy won the hearts of many, many people. He's the best greeter we've ever had. Everybody loved being encouraged by Leroy. I remember when we baptized Leroy. Um, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. Uh, and it wasn't long after that uh, that we laid Leroy to rest. And to see that a man who would go from really coming to church because he really didn't have much else in the world to seeing a funeral where hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are there because he had touched their lives, that's, that's what's exciting for me. One of the most familiar stories from Jesus' ministry is a story about generosity. It's when Jesus feeds 5,000 hungry people. Jesus and his disciples are on a boat. They're heading out in the water to find a quiet place, not unlike what's behind me right here. But their effort to find that quiet place is somewhat futile, as those who recognize Jesus follow them, running ahead along the shore. So Jesus, with compassion in his heart, decides to step out of the boat and teaches the crowd. Pretty soon it was dinner time, and people were naturally getting hungry. Uh, the disciples, being the leaders Jesus called to help carry out his mission, thought they had a great solution. Uh, they say to Jesus, uh, this is a remote place. It's already getting late, so send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus has a different idea. He says to his disciples, you feed them. <laughs> Wait, you want us to feed them? We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. But Jesus is not shaken by their protest. And he asks them to find out how much food they do have. And what they find, well, it only amounts to five loaves of bread and two fish. And not exactly a feast. Now, I suppose it might be easy for us to jump to the end of the story and see the amazing miracle that Jesus performs as he turns that small lunch into a feast for thousands. But go back with me to the disciples' kind of first reaction. I imagine they struggled wondering what difference the little they had would make. All they had was the five loaves and two fish. The disciples viewed the world with a sort of scarcity mentality. The idea that there's just not enough to go around. But Jesus lived with an abundance mentality. The perspective that what they had was plenty and there would be enough to provide for everyone. The abundance mentality opens up the possibility of generosity. When the disciples followed Jesus' lead and handed over what they did have, they got to see Jesus bless it and, and use it to meet a huge need in a supernatural way. And on this Celebration Generosity Day, the question for me and for you is this. Will I and will you let Jesus do something amazing all over again? You've had the opportunity today to learn about the four teams and the amazing work that they're doing around the world and in our own backyards. Today, you and I have the opportunity to give generously to one or more or all of these teams. Now, some of you are brand new to community. 
you may have only been here a couple weeks, and we're glad you're here. We can't think of a better way for you to take the next step in joining us on the Jesus mission than to give generously to those whose need is so great. So it's time for all of us to join together to see what love does. It's time to be generous. Everyone should have an envelope that you can use to designate where you would like your offering to go. Just fill out your name and information, then write the dollar amount you would like to designate to one or more of these four teams. It's time to give and to give generously. We want you to know that both our families will be giving our largest gift of the year today. And I wanna encourage you to do the same. What if we all gave our biggest offering of the year? Love is generous. Loving and being generous, it can change the world. It'll make the world a better place. Caroline, you have been such an encouragement to the rest of us. Keep it up. Lincoln Park, God has been faithful to you. Respond by being faithful to God. Lincoln Square, God has blessed you. Thank God by showing him he's first. Aurora, we're so proud of what you're doing. Give God your best. Lamont, God has trusted you with much. Be generous with much. And Montgomery, you have a history of giving in every way. Do it again. Naperville Downtown, you are one of our most generous campuses. This is another opportunity to say, God, you are first. And Plainfield, God is moving and blessing you in amazing ways. Give him your best. Yorkville, I know you have a heart and love for people. This is your opportunity. And Naperville Yellow Box, we need your leadership. Set the pace. Love isn't just concerned about my own needs. Love gives to meet the needs of others. Love is not stingy. It gives generously. Love doesn't wait for somebody else to step up. No, love does. It's time to celebrate generosity. It's kind of weird. He's up there. He's here. We're, what, what's going on? All right. I'll tell you what. Um, I, one of the reasons I love Celebration Generosity is because I get the chance to challenge you to give and to be generous, and you know, you know, you know that I have no motivation other than wanting you to be a more generous person and also these great causes to benefit and to make a difference both locally and globally around the world. I'll tell you what, go ahead and grab your envelope. Grab your envelope. Would you do that for me? And I would, I would love, I would encourage you, whether it's a big gift or small, for every one of you to participate in this today. This, this is an opportunity you don't want to miss. And part of the reason for me, like that compassion, the compassion team, part of the reason I so believe in the compassion team is for several years now, my wife Sue and I, we've sponsored a couple of compassion kids. We believe in that on a monthly basis. I also know that Christianity Today did a report, who, who has the best strategy to alleviate global poverty? And they said Compassion International. Their strategy is the best in the world for alleviating global poverty. So I don't have any problem challenging you to give to that. The New Thing team. I've seen the New Thing team grow from just a handful of people like Dave Dummett was talking about and met in the upper room up here to now almost 1,200 churches globally that are reproducing churches. We help start churches just like this one. And guess what? When we start churches just like this one, they too are generous. And think what happens when all of a sudden you got 1,200 and you continue to, un, that continues to multiply and reproduce churches that are this generous. Think about the difference we can make around the world. I have no problem asking you to give to that. When you think about the Philippines team, um, Jeff and Winnie, wave your, wave your hand over there. Jeff and Winnie are, are right here, who spent more than 30 years. Yes, we gotta give them a little love. We spent more than 30 years in the Philippines. Um, I've been there with my son, Josh. 
I love both those folks. I love the work they're doing. And I've seen it for myself. The pictures that you saw on the screen are something they pulled off of some B-roll film somewhere. Though Those are the people that they're working with every day, kids that are living in the streets. And they've seen a move from kids being on the streets. They bring them into their home and their life. They feed them. They get them education. And in some cases now, they've been there long enough. They have stories of kids who once on the streets without any chance and now gone all the way through their program, gone to college and have a job and are now giving back. Is that awesome? And our Restore team. The Restore team that was birthed right here that's making a difference in Joliet and East Aurora and the Naperville area. I mean, we've got to, we, we've got to demonstrate our, our own generosity here. And there's such incredible opportunities that we have to do that through the educational programs that we're, that we're emphasizing. So I'll tell you what, I, I have no problem challenging you, encourage you, implore you, whatever it takes to be generous. Um, we're in the middle of uh, what we call our One Initiative. And this one initiative, the number one goal we said is this, let's make God number one. Let's make God number one. And so in a moment, you're gonna have a chance, you can either with cash or with a check or, or even online, you're gonna figure out an amount. And I would encourage you to figure out an amount that makes a clear statement that says God's number one in your life. I, I think every once in a while, we need a moment in time where we make a clear statement, you know what? No, look, this, this is evidence. God's number one in my life. And uh, as I mentioned in the video, Sue and I were talking about this and um, we're gonna be more generous through the one initiative this year than we've ever been in any point in time in our lives. But today we'll give our largest gift ever. And I only say that, um, I only say that because I kind of think, you know, speed of the leader, speed of the team. If I'm gonna do that and so I'm challenging you to do the same. Let's give, what, what if we did that? Our biggest gift to something outside of ourselves. The biggest gift. I would encourage you to do just, just that. So in a moment, you're gonna have opportunity. We're gonna give you a kind of just a couple minutes to pause, reflect, and think about maybe if you're with a spouse or, or someone and just talk about what you wanna do if it's a couple's decision to do that. But I would encourage you to do something that clearly says God's number one. Not number two, three, or number 10, but that God's number one. And... Um, Let's just take a few moments right now to kind of pause, reflect, decide what you're going to do, and then we'll take up the, uh, the offering and we'll actually celebrate generosity, okay? Let's do that right now.
right, let's give. Let's give courageously, let's give generously, let's give in a way that reflects the generosity, okay, the generosity that God's given us, all right? Let's pray. Father God, we come before you right now, and um, we want this to be truly a celebration. And you said that uh, you want us to give with joyous hearts. And so we do that right now. We give with joyous hearts. We give rejoicing. We, know, we give knowing that you've given to us. And so we give it away, trusting that you will continue to trust us with more that we can give to others as you direct us. Lord, I ask that you make this truly something that's honoring you, that reflects who you are through your people. And this really is a celebration of generosity. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. All right, so let's just come forward. The band will begin to play. You can give, and then in a moment, we're going to have uh, we're going to have a little party. All right, here we go.